Okay, so uh, I wanted to speak a little bit about this uh, topic. <coughs> uh, it's, a, it's a very important thing. Like we started to speak with Pastor Dragan about, the, and also the time before about the doctrine of eternal security. Like to understand that a person is eternally secure in God's hands. Like uh, in other words. When we become true believers, we cannot lose our salvation. And I just want to like look at it because uh, many people don't understand this, uh, and it's something like we have to see in the scriptures and learn it because that's not natural. The natural mind works a little bit differently. You know, we, we usually work in a system of uh, of good and bad, in a system of uh, reward and punishment. And we bring this with us, but we have to see things as God teaches us. And uh, we will start this like uh, few messages about this topic. Uh, it's uh, good that you you can like learn it, and also other people are like listening to it. So this is like very very interesting uh, theme and topic <coughs> we want to do. And it's all coming from John 19, verse 30. And before we start, let's pray. Just short prayer. God, bless these words to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> and this is, this, is a, this is a great thing. In John 19, verse 30, when Jesus was crucified, he was on a cross. And he had few sayings. And one of the last sayings was when Jesus said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit and he died. So what is, mean, what is meant by this statement, it is finished. You know, he said, it's finished, it's been accomplished. The Greek word for this finished is tetelestai, tetelestai. And it's coming from teleo, which means complete. So he actually said it's finished or it's completed. We call this finished work teaching because this is very important. <clears throat> all the Old Testament uh, uh, figures and people and all the Testament stories are like shadow of things which are supposed to come into Jesus Christ. Just example, when you see Abraham going on the mountain, Moriah, with his son, uh, he wants to sacrifice him there. And the angel from heaven calls and he says, do not kill your son, here is a ram caught in a thicket. So he takes this ram or lamp and kills the lamp and they come home <coughs> justified, you know, the sacrifice has been made. Uh, God's anger has been appeased or in other words there is a peace uh, because there was a payment so they come home justified it's like if you break a glass uh, the, the waiter will come and he's angry so we have to give him something we have to pay for the glass and then he's okay you know that's that's the payment for the sin <clears throat> but when it came to the to the cross of Jesus Christ, 
called and he said it is finished it's called this uh, finished work uh, because the final sacrifice has been accomplished and we will we will uh, speak about this a little bit more but I'll now turn into the book of Exodus the book of Exodus <coughs> Chapter twenty-five, <clears throat> verse twenty-two. Here is the Ark of Covenant. You, you saw it on the picture because the children they had it as the as their program. It was a it was a golden box, golden Ark. It has a cover from the pure gold, and on the top there were two angels facing down and covered by their wings and it says here God speaks to Israel and he says I will meet with you and I will commune or have fellowship with you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are on the ark of testimony so this is what God says God says I will meet Israel in this place in the place of the ark between the two cherubims and now this is important. We know that this this ark, this golden box, was in the tent in the Holy of Holies, and the priest used to go there once a year with the blood of animals. <coughs> we see this in, a, in the book of Hebrews. I will turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter nine. It says here. Hebrews 9 verse 7 but into the Holy of Holies the high priest went alone once every year not without blood he had to bring the blood which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people so we know that the Israel came they sacrificed the animal the priest the high priest took the blood and brought it to the Holy of Holies uh, the most holy uh, temple okay so he brought the blood there and he poured the blood on the on the on the ark on the golden ark between the two cherubims <clears throat> and that's there's this amazing amazing picture in the old testament and god says i will meet israel there between the two cherubims because God comes God is holy he's meeting with his sinners with the priest with Israel and he speaks to them and he meets them and he sees the blood of these animals that's what we said when you break this glass you have to pay to the waiter and he will not be angry anymore same with God you know God cannot look upon a sin God, God hates sin and loves sinner. So he comes and he sees the blood and he is appeased or the peace is brought to him. Okay? It's like when you do something to somebody, uh, there is disagreement. But when you come to him and you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and you pay the broken glass, there is peace restored. 
So this is same with God, there is this blood, he sees that payment has been done and he can communicate or, or have fellowship with uh, Israel. There is this forgiveness. In the Old Testament, this was done every year. They had these different feasts and this was done every year. Now, when we continue in the book of Hebrews, we can see here in the verse 11, but Christ, he was a high priest of good things and he came by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. Neither he brought blood of goats and animals, but his own blood. He entered once into the holy place and having obtained, obtained or gained for us eternal redemption. This is amazing. So we are now in the time of Jesus Christ uh, when there was a Passover or uh, we can say Easter. Easter is coming soon. Uh, it's a time of uh, remembrance of the sacrifice of Jesus. During the Easter day, during the Passover, they used to sacrifice this innocent animal, this lamb. It's a picture of Israel when Israel was delivered uh, from, from the Egypt. So when Israel was delivered from the Egypt, uh, they made this uh, sacrifice of the lamb. Yeah, so <clears throat> so there's the there's the time of Passover, time of Easter. The lamb is brought for Israel. It was observed for so and so many days. The lamb has to be found without a spot, without mistake. And at the same time, we see this parallel how Jesus is in the Israel, in the Jerusalem. He is being tested by the priests. They give him these different questions. They test him and they find no fault in him. So he is the perfect lamb to be sacrificed. He is actually the lamb uh, <clears throat> that uh, John the Baptist spoke about. The lamb that takes away the sin of the world. So now when Jesus is being sacrificed, uh, at the time of Easter, it says here that he did not offer the blood of goats or animals, but his own blood. He entered into the holy place and gained for us eternal redemption. This is really something to, to understand. Uh, Pastor Dragon spoke about it also last time, that he entered once. Jesus is not being crucified every year again 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 it's once for all that's why Jesus said from the cross it is finished or it's completed or it's paid if we have a debt of any kind but let's use a picture of money if we owe money to somebody you know <clears throat> we can be good but it doesn't pay for the debt. We were supposed to be good anyway. If we are good or bad, it has nothing to do with our debt. We are either good debtors or bad debtors, but we have a debt, we just owe money. We need somebody to pay for us. 
So we can ask our father who has the money because we don't, we are not capable. Usually it is in this world, the young guys, they didn't have the money and they have to ask father. So father comes and pays for us. And now we live in this fear and we say, father, like, I don't know what will happen. And he comes and he says, son, don't be afraid that the last time is being completed. It's been paid in full. It is finished. This is amazing. And now Jesus did exactly the same. He paid with his own blood, not with the blood of animals. And he says, it is finished. The payment has been done in full, it's complete, and nothing needs to be added. And then it says here, in the, in the following verse, it says, Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands, and it says it was a picture of true things. In the Old Testament, the, the tent, the temple, it was a picture of the, of the things in heaven. It, it says here it was just a figure, a picture, a shadow of these things, of reality. So what people saw, it just reminded them of heavenly reality. But it says here, but he entered into heaven himself, heaven itself, and he appeared in the presence of God for us. So, he brought his own blood before God and he brought the peace between man and God. And he says, God, it has been paid. The payment has been paid in full. Now it says, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. <clears throat> He was offered for our sins. And then it says, And unto them that look for him, he shall appear the second time without sin offering unto salvation. So it says, Jesus paid once, and he paid for the sins of many, those who accept him. And then it continues and he says, And he will come back again, now without sin offering, because it's been already paid, there will be no more sacrifice of Jesus. He will sacrifice once for all. And he will appear second time unto salvation. Uh, it means he will come and he will redeem his own people. This is great because we see here in Hebrews 9 verse 12 that he gained for us eternal redemption already. It's not just redemption that he, he will buy us, but it's eternal, unchanging, it's forever. It's like when you say to your wife, future wife, <clears throat> you say, you are mine forever. That's it. Of course, it's a good picture because people lie, people make promises and then they break them. You know, like we are humans, we, we are sinners. That's why this picture is not perfect. But you understand the idea. Man tells to his wife, you are mine forever. This is the eternal redemption. God says, I paid and I redeemed you. 
and it's forever. And then it continues in this chapter and it says, and he will appear the second time for salvation, to really take us from this world and to save us. Because Bible speaks about like, let's say threefold salvation or uh, uh, three types of salvation we could say. One salvation is the eternal salvation when we become believers. Then there is salvation from the sin. We live in this world and the sin wants to get hold on us. But God brings salvation from the sin because he brings us things into memory. He protects us. He sends angels and many other things. And the third salvation is the final salvation. is salvation from the presence of the sin when he takes us to heaven. We are delivered from this evil, sinful world. So here it says that, that he will come at the end the second time uh, and he will uh, appear for salvation, which he had promised because we have this eternal <coughs> redemption. Now he says, it's repeated again that he was sacrificed once for all there will be no more sacrifices. And it says here that by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. By one offering, by one sacrifice of Jesus, he has perfected all the believers. This is like, this is really important and like shocking statement and I like how how Bible is precise because now we are we are coming to the to the, to the core to the so-called breaking of the bread Taleo he perfected Taleo he completed them when you speak with people and they say I believe in God but I have to do good works to be accepted okay which would mean this type of thinking and we mentioned this in the beginning, uh, this natural thinking says that God's sacrifice was not enough. It says that it has not been finished and completed the payment, and we have to really do a little bit to add to it. Uh, somebody says, no, I don't mean adding and being good, I mean not being bad and not to lose salvation, so-called. But it says here, that by one offering he has perfected forever believers you know in God's eyes we are perfected we are perfect God sees us perfect and this is called finished work teaching because everything in the Old Testament was pointing to the cross when Jesus was sacrificed now we look back to the cross they were looking forward to the future when the cross will come when the messiah will come when he will be crucified now we are looking backwards when he was crucified so everything we live now is defined from this past event of jesus being crucified that's why when i look at myself i don't see that i'm perfect when you look at me you don't see that i'm perfect you know, I was, I was at Slavia waiting recently, and you were waiting here. You see, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, everybody does. Ask my wife. 
You know, she will definitely say that I'm not perfect. And that's the point. But God sees us perfect. Because He sees us through Jesus Christ. He sees the blood that Jesus brought to heaven. And He says, it's been paid. It's been completed. And now we are just waiting for this second coming of Jesus because he will appear for our final salvation, for our real redemption, which we have already obtained. We saw it in Hebrews 9, 9, 12. We have obtained, we have gained eternal redemption. We have it already. It's not seen yet. It will be seen when he comes. Now it says, verse 17, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. God says, I will not remember their sins because it's been paid. It's like in the Old Testament, all Israel came once a year. They confessed their sins, animal was killed and the sin was forgiven, no more. And it was every year the sin was forgiven, every year the sin was forgiven. But now Jesus was sacrificed once for all. So when we confessed our sin, when we said, we are sinners, save me, it was once for all, forever. So for all these sins, Jesus paid. That's why God says, I will, I will remember their sins no more. Now, uh, there are certain groups he, who teach that because of this finished work, you don't have to confess your sins. That's wrong. You know, they say, because God doesn't see the sin, you've been forgiven, you don't have to confess your sin, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> Special type of uh, doctrinal error. It's uh, popular in the West. It's creeping into Christianity. Uh, we don't believe in this. We know that we believe, we believe in confession of sins. Now, <clears throat> how is it with this confession? We have uh, sonship and fellowship. We spoke about this. Once we become believers, God remembers our sin no more and we are sons and daughters. We cannot lose sonship. But when we sin, we lose fellowship. Because we turn our back on God. There's a problem. But we confess the sin, we come back and we say what God says, homo ageo, we say the same as God says in 1 John 1, 1, 8, 1, 9. And we are restored into the fellowship. So he says here, I will remember their sins no more. Verse 18. And because there is this forgiveness of these sins, there is no more offering for sin. So when we, when we sin, when we make some mistake, we do not bring offering. There are still people today who when they sin, instead of turning to Jesus and his sacrifice, they beat themselves and they say, I will suffer. I will pay for my sin. And they want to kind of like bring this offering. Maybe you see it in a movie, somebody does something terrible and he's burdened by the conscience. So then he does good to redeem it. And it's like his sacrifice for God. You know, now he will be good, you know. But actually, 
we don't live in this bondage because we know we are forgiven. Now we see this in a continuance of these verses. In verse uh, 19, and it says, Because of this, therefore, because of this, brothers, we have boldness to enter into the holy place by the holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you are a sinner, you should be afraid to enter into the presence of God. But he says here, because of this sacrifice, we can enter into his presence. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it says here now, let us draw near to God in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled by blood from evil conscience. Because evil conscience is like uh, something that condemns you. You do something bad, uh, somebody tells you you are forgiven, but your conscience is saying again again, no, you are not forgiven, no, it's not enough, you should pay, you should pay, no, 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 no. But when somebody says, I have forgiven you, you can receive it. And it says here, let's have true heart in full assurance of faith. Let's be really sure of this faith, of this teaching. Let's really have faith in this doctrine that God has forgiven us. He gave us eternal redemption. He will come again, <clears throat> 9.28. He will appear second time unto salvation for believer. We are secure in his hands and we confess for fellowship and we don't live in fear. It says here, we do not live in fear. And we can also see this in this first John. First John, just let me see. <clears throat> first John 4.18, it says here, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. And it says here, in the previous verse, and this is the love that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We may have boldness in the day of judgment. He says here, we should live in this perfect understanding of love of God. That in the day of judgment, in the day of judgment, we have boldness. And he says here, there is no fear in love. We should understand that God loves us. He paid for us. And when we see him one day, there will be no fear. Because we understand that in the day of judgment, Jesus was judged for us on the cross. And we are forgiven. This is a little bit difficult today, right? Do, do you understand it? Because when I come to somebody that I've hurt, like if I do something bad to you, okay? And then I'm afraid to come and see you. Because my conscience is saying I did something bad to you. I'm really afraid. But if I understand that you paid and you have forgiven me, if I really understand it, 
then I can come and I can say, hello brother, thank you for forgiving me. But if I don't understand this, I will live in fear and I will try to do some good to please you a little bit. But if I understand that you have forgiven me, I'll come and I'll say thank you. <clears throat> and this, this is what, what the Bible is teaching us here, that we shouldn't have fear, but have boldness in the day of judgment. Because we know that we are the guilty, but Jesus paid for us. It's like if you drink this water or coffee, and the waiter comes and he says, pay. And you look into his eyes and you say, no, he paid. I don't have to. And that's the point. If somebody pays for us, we don't have to pay anymore. We understand this. We have this, we have this uh, full assurance of faith. And our heart is sprinkled from this evil conscience. We live with the good conscience the evil one the evil which condemns and says it's not enough it's not enough it's not enough this is amazing because when you do something bad and I do something bad our conscience will say you are bad then you will remember the cross and you will say Jesus paid for my sin I confess I really sinned badly God forgive me and then the evil conscience will say it's not enough it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. That's why he teaches us and says, let's have full assurance of faith. Let's truly believe that he paid, that he has perfected us. Hebrews 10:14. He sees us perfect because of the cross, because of the finished work. He finished, he completed, he fulfilled the payment, the requirements of God. So when God sees us, He sees the blood of Christ, we are forgiven. That's amazing. Amen.